1: Hello, hello!
0: Thanks for uh, dragging yourself to another episode of the Let's Go Eat show. I know it's tough sometimes. I know it's hard, but thanks for making the effort to come and listen to this show. Uh, uh, the guest uh, on today's show, somebody I've known a long time. He's a loudmouth braggart. He's a he's a rabble rouser. He's uh, full of himself, but for good reason, as you will see in this interview. Bruce Baird. Attorney, rock on tour, inventor, um, and uh, just all round amazing guy. Is one of the most intelligent people I know. He has thoughts on everything, and if he doesn't know something, he'll probably make it up. Uh, Bruce Baird is our guest on the Let's Go Eat Show. Now, you may have uh, encountered Bruce years ago. I met him when I was doing a TV show with Chris Van Oker on Channel 4, the Van Oker Group. And uh, Bruce was a, a panelist, a regular panelist on the Van Oker Group. Uh, then, uh, a few years later, when I started doing, um, what Do You Think Utah, a series of public discussions and forums uh, here at 50 West uh, and at uh, Broadway Media. Bruce, along with Dave Owen, of course, was uh, one of the per- first people I thought of to be on the show on a regular basis on uh, What Do You Think Utah? Because he always brings some kind of interesting and very well thought out perspective to any topic you can talk about. I'm not kidding you. You you just bring up a topic and Bruce will know something about it. He reads voraciously. Uh, he, is, uh, he works out voraciously too. I saw Bruce, uh, uh, we recorded this episode at a restaurant that he picked. It's called Zest, which if you've not been to Zest, it's been around for a while. Uh, it's on the corner of uh, Third South and uh, West Temple, uh, right around the corner, kind of from uh, P.F. Chang's across the street from Red Rocks. If you haven't Tried Zest? You should. It's uh, some of the most unique uh, food in the valley. But anyway, Bruce suggested we go to Zest. He walked in. He walked in, and I didn't recognize him. Um, he he had lost so much weight and is such good shape. So when he commits to something, he he does it completely he committed to exercise and diet and he did it voraciously i guess that's a way you can use the word voraciously and now he's so thin it's almost not the same bruce baird what is the same is the mind of this man he's he's great i think he will enjoy our conversation we cover a lot of ground and a lot of topics and as i said he has something to say on everything so without further ado here it is on the let's go eat show my guest my friend bruce baird Uh, let's see. So here we go. We'll start officially now. Do you want to or- – should we order first? Sure. Yeah, let's uh, – uh, we're at um, uh, Zest, and uh, we're uh, with uh, Bruce Baird, old friend, attorney, um, and we'll talk about politics a lot probably. But uh, you suggested this place, Zest. Now, we've been here before and recorded uh, podcast, but why'd you suggest this? Podcast?
2: Well, I suggest it because I've been a vegetarian for about 43 years, plus uh, your picture's up on the wall there, Bill, in The Last Supper. So it is. I don't know which disciple you're supposed to be playing, but... Uh, you know, I don't remember. I think I was assigned one in it, but I don't remember. Yeah, and I can't tell. It's one of the few famous paintings that I've never seen, actually, in real life, because the line to get into it in Milan is uh, forever, and I've never actually seen it, so I don't remember who is... Uh, which disciple in which order?
0: You know, it's a it's a it's a great life, isn't it? That you can say, uh, uh, famous paintings of the world in Milan, and you've been there, and you've you've done a lot of that kind of stuff.
2: It's a, it's a, it's not been bad. Yeah, I mean, there's a, it's it's first world problems to say that I haven't seen the last yeah. uh, the last oh, supper. The
0: line was so long. Yes,
2: the line, I forgot to get reservations when I was in Milan. You know, all was, you
0: have to do is go to Forest Lawn, and as that's what I remember when I was a kid. My grandparents. For yeah. some reason wanted to, as we went on a vacation to California, and they wanted to go to Forest Lawn.
2: They have a, they have a mock-up of the lesson? A less huge... Yeah, I think
0: oh, it's, I didn't know yeah, that. I think it's the size. Uh, so anyway, we're here at Zest, and we're going to order from... Hi, Brian. Uh, good. Uh, listen, Brian, uh, Dylan and I would like to split that, okay. the pitaya smoothie, sure. and I'd like some avocado toast. Yeah. Okay,
3: that's all. Um, I'd like to try the soup of the day, and um, there's some Brussels sprouts. Yeah, and Brussels
2: sprouts. And, you know, I usually hate Brussels sprouts, but theirs are pretty good down here. They are. Here. I they love they are really Brussels good sprouts. down here. Uh, yeah, well, you're a gourmet. You, I mean, you're you're always talking on the show about what you cook and everything. Yeah. Uh, I only want about a half of a bataya smoothie because if you get the whole one in the bowl, then it's no fun. And if you get the full one, so, Can we I mean, split
3: that one? Can we split, split it three split
2: ways? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Split two of them three ways. Two of them three ways. Yeah. Does split, that make sense? And then yeah. I'm going to have the uh, Greek uh, the Greek omelet. Uh, Zest here, um, right on
0: the corner of
2: Third. uh, Huh? Yeah, it's Third South and Second West, across the street from Red Rocks.
0: Right. Yeah, and and we've been here, recorded a podcast here before, and the food is always good too. Two 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 here. Oh, I didn't know that. We did a Princess Kennedy, Cat Palmer, who did the painting or the uh, Last Supper. Yeah, Cat used to uh, be at uh, Phillips. Yeah. Right. And uh, and then uh, Princess Kennedy, who I don't know, whatever happened to Princess Kennedy? I don't know Princess Kennedy. Uh, he used to, she used to write a column
2: for Q. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway, hi Bruce Baird. So let me, Bruce, uh, let me read this. Uh-oh. Uh oh. No, Uh-oh. This, this is a bio that you Uh-oh. wrote.
2: Uh-oh. Oh geez, how long ago?
0: Oh, it was for uh, for a show we did together. What do you think, Utah?
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Bruce, so I guess you wrote this. Yeah, I faked it. Yeah. Bruce Baird is a prominent. I
2: didn't write that.
0: Real estate and uh, litigation lawyer in Salt Lake City. Also has been politically active for several years in the Democratic Party as a candidate for United States Congress and the Utah State Senate. Uh, He has also managed and been on the senior staff of campaigns for governor, U.S. Senate, U.S. House of Representatives, Salt Lake City Mayor, Salt Lake County Commission, and other elected offices. As a lawyer, Bruce appears frequently before numerous cities, towns, and counties, uh, whose officials always shake in their boots when they see him coming. I didn't write that. Uh, no, I, I just oh, okay. added that. Uh, he has <laughs> written uh, columns and articles for City Weekly, a frequent guest on uh, the X uh, K- KTX Channel 4 Van Oaker group. Group. Uh, been with Rod Decker on Channel 2 a lot. Uh, we did uh, several shows together. Uh, and Bruce is, uh, a, 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 as you will see as we talk here, has a more active mind than many people have. And, <laughs> Thank uh, you. And he's also kind of an asshole. So, I, I can be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Except you've always just been really nice to me. I just, I just call him as I see him. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I've decided as I get older, I've lost a lot of my social filters as well. Not that I've ever had terribly many of them, but whatever social filters I've had in the past. Uh, pretty much the only one I haven't lost is swearing in a courtroom. <laughs> now, Bruce, oh, you also have a brother, uh, Brian? is that my, my little brother, Brian. He is a successful, unlike you, politician
0: who's <laughs> yeah. in Washington.
2: Right? Well, he actually served uh, 12 years and retired six years ago when he just got tired of the rat race of running for Congress, you know, raising $10,000 a week literally to run a race is silly, and then commuting back and forth is silly. He had some, uh, I think his kids were, his twins were eight years old at the time, or six years old at the time he retired. Mm -hmm. So he retired from Congress and is uh, not at all unhappy that he retired from Congress. Uh, Brian, I was was with him last week. Brian Baird,
0: he was from, uh, uh, what represented the district Uh, in Washington?
2: Third congressional in Washington, which was the Portland, the Vancouver area of uh, Washington, which is right across the, River from uh, Portland. Right. Um, uh, is that where you're from? Or no, we're from we're from Colorado. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I dropped out of high school and uh, start and I I don't have a high school diploma. I started Started school at what I called the University of Alta and Snowbird, uh, where I skied more than I went to class. And then my little brother followed me out uh, a year later to go to the University of Alta and Snowbird. And then my mm-hmm. little sister followed me out two years later. To now, go to the University of Alta and Snowbird, so
0: you you essentially uh, uh, ostensibly
2: came to Utah to go to
0: school. Is that right?
2: Uh, I, I actually did go to school, I, but I you know I, I I didn't go to class very much, but I got my degrees at the U from. Uh, well, I, I sort of got degrees, but I finally got my law degree at the U and at when I was twenty two or twenty three something okay, like that.
3: Hang on, so you didn't graduate high school? You got a. GED I assume?
2: No, I have no high school diploma. You don't have to have a high school to diploma a to go to
3: college.
0: No, it's, you it's, don't. Have it, to. It's
2: funny. There's actually you, you don't. It, and there's two or three other very prominent lawyers in town more prominent than me in some ways that uh, also are high school dropouts. Now, both of those those guys have uh, GEDs, but No, so I guess you just
3: have to have the test score. My my, good,
0: my wife, no, not really necessarily. My wife yeah, you know, uh, Jenny d- d- didn't graduate from high school. Yeah, test, test
2: scores help get you into schools. Yeah. Like, yeah, if, and if you test high enough, you can get into pretty well everywhere. So sure. I dropped out at mid year. I wasn't taking enough credits to graduate. Moved out here, uh, mm-hmm. went skiing, and uh, went to college and uh, mm-hmm. studying law at that point. No, you- I was sort of messing around. Didn't really know what I was doing. Sort of just a politi- political science undergrad. And then I started promoting uh, rock concerts for student government for at the U. For the student government at the U for five or six years, rock concerts and uh, speakers bureau. I handled all the speakers and all the rock concerts for five years. Cool, even while I was in law school. So. Showbiz, uh, Show, yeah, rock and roll, baby. So, uh, what did your what do your parents do? Uh, my parents are both dead now. My father was a school teacher uh, and a school principal in uh, Fruta, Colorado, and my mother died up, got thirty, thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. Thirty years ago, this year uh yeah she died 30 years ago this year was she a, was a homemaker a- small business person it was you know it was rural western colorado in the 50s and 60s so there're not a lot of actual opportunities for uh women in the in the world at the time she tried mm-hmm.
0: you're
2: you're a quite a, a liberal person right? uh yeah, I'm liberal. Were, were you raised that way? Yeah, my father was fairly uh, liberal. He was a, a democratic uh, uh, person. He believed in uh, freedoms uh, and and that the rich shouldn't have everything. Now I, I, I I'm liberal on a, on a lot of things. I'm somewhat conservative on other things. I'm very liberal in in personal values, uh, like John Stuart Mill almost. You know, my my freedom stop about where your fist is. Mm. I, I I was looking back the other day and I actually. I wrote a column for City Weekly in 1997. I don't know. Was, I don't remember whether it was published, but 97 advocating uh, gay marriage, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Uh, you know, they should have the same rights. Gay people should have the same rights as we do. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very liberal in that regard. Socially liberal. Socially liberal. I mean, fiscally, I'm a little bit conservative in that I don't think money should be wasted um and and i mean on all programs not just welfare but defense Mm -hmm. and uh thank you very much thank you and uh i mean you just you shouldn't waste it but i mean government provides necessary services and when it provides the necessary service it should provide them right um and when it doesn't do a very good job of it you should cut the budgets and and when it does a good job you should beef them up i mean like in salt lake city now it's it's silly that we're not spending what we need to spend to solve the homeless problem. Oh I mean, this
0: is oh boy, yeah. it's such bullshit. Uh
2: bullshit is the right
0: word. Oh man. And having, it's and it's all and so much of what's being done right now is just a lie. They're doing it to try and make things look good, uh and, and not succeeding even at that.
2: Yeah, you know, I had I was having breakfast with uh, my friend Greg Hughes the other day and, and I know that's kind of an odd couple that yeah. Hughes is a friend of mine, but And one thing you can be sure of with Hughes is that he'll always tell you what he thinks. You can disagree with him, but, you know, without him, we wouldn't have had the money put in to fix those shelters. And he's the one leading the charge to try to fix what happens before the new shelters get built because we've got a disaster there. Yeah. It looks like a third-world country down here. The frustrating thing was literally a year ago I had this all set up. I was tired. I was in L.A. uh, for a vacation, and Google Maps accidentally drove me through Skid Row. And, and as you know, Skid Row is literally a half a mile where there's nothing but tents of, mm-hmm. on, and, and sidewalks and, and sleeping bags on the streets. And I thought to myself, well, at least we don't have that problem in Salt Lake. And then I accidentally, <laughs> a week later, drove down Fifth West. Behind the Rio Grande. It, behind Rio Grande. And I went to myself, I said, oh, my God, this is worse than L.A. Yeah. So I had it all set up. I was going to do a, a press conference. Uh, where, because I could still probably get a press conference if I called a press conference because 30 years ago, literally in 88, uh, a businessman, uh, local businessman in that area sued Salt Lake City to have the homeless declared a public nuisance. And I defended the city uh, and got the lawsuit thrown out. Uh, but the city at that point promised they would do something about the homeless problem. Well, nothing's happened in 30 years. So I was going to do a press conference and was sort of a reveal at the end of it. And I had it set up, but I couldn't – my audiovisual system didn't get done in time. And it was basically going to say, look, you know, the problem with the homeless is that 95% of the people in Salt Lake City have no idea – the nature of the problem. 98% of the people in Salt Lake County have no idea of the nature of the problem. Mm-hmm. And 99.5% of the people in the state of Utah have no idea about the nature of the problem. They think it's somewhere else and they have no idea. Yeah. Well, let me show you the reveal, and that's where I was going to pull the screen off of the, uh, pull the curtain off the big screen and have two people walking around 5th South with the cameras and the tents and all the rest of it. Unfortunately, the uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't get the audio-visual set up Went on vacation, and two weeks later, the city did its first uh, diversionary sweep. So after that, it would have been sort of grandstanding. Yeah. But, you know that's the. If you could fix the bad air and you could fix the homeless problem, Salt Lake City would be booming even more than, and Utah would be booming even more than it is. It's the it, bad air and the homeless. It's, uh, those are seem to, they do seem to be the two real pressing problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, that we the face. the alcohol problem is a distraction, and it's yeah. not stopping any real businesses or any or anybody from moving here. Uh, right. The only thing that's stopping people is the bad air and the, uh, well, I guess the, the bear's ears stupidity didn't help. Oh, God. Oh, listen, let, well, let's get into
0: all of that in a second. I want to backtrack sure. just a little bit and uh, talk about uh, your, your, uh, your, your development as to who Bruce Baird is today. Um, so you go to the University of Utah. You finally knuckle down. You get a law degree. And then you went to work. Did you you work as an attorney for Salt Lake City?
2: Uh, I worked for a small firm in Ogden for two or three years. Um, I think it was before, it might have been when you guys were just starting at Ogden, because I remember listening to you um, in the, God, it was the early 80s. Yeah. When, uh,
0: so what was the law firm? Well, nice. the
2: small firm doesn't exist anymore. The, the senior partner was a former president of the bar, and he had all kinds of great cases. Mm-hmm. But he was getting old and had uh, some other mental issues. So I wound up taking all of his big cases and just got thrown into the mix. I I, I clerked for a Supreme Court Justice of the state of Utah for a year. Mm -hmm. Then I worked for him. Then I beat a big law firm in Salt Lake City on a case, and they needed somebody to...
0: What kind of law were you doing at that time?
2: I was doing uh, all kinds. I was doing uh, some personal injury stuff. And then I I won a construction case Mm -hmm. against a big Salt Lake City law firm. And then I went to work for... um, uh, the big Salt Lake law firm called me and said, "We need somebody like you, and uh, so we'll hire you as a, on a contract basis." And I
3: does that happen a lot? That's interesting. You beat them, and then they hired.
2: You. It happens. Uh, I, I know of that. I know of that happening uh, uh, more would, than more than a few times. So it would seem to make sense. Yeah, yeah well, sure. Smart, right? um, and and then I went to work for this. Uh, did did uh, some products liability and some construction litigation, and then it turned out that the, the partner I was working for, who's uh, since died, at one point he. Uh, was a landlord, and he threw a file at me and said, uh, in addition to all the big stuff, he said, threw this file on my desk and said, uh, throw this guy out of my rental house. He's a St. Louis, let's see, I won't use the N-word. He was a St. Louis Mm N-word who's trying to, quote, rip Whitey off, close quote. Uh, And I went to the senior manager of the firm and said, uh, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I won't work for... uh, so I won't work with somebody who's uh, a racist. Mm-hmm. And you either f- fix the problem or I leave. And well, it turned out the guy was a big rainmaker in the firm. So you I wasn't, so I left. Mm-hmm. And then I went to work for uh, after about a year of kicking around. I went to work for Salt Lake City. They had a they had a huge piece of litigation against a big, powerful uh, Washington law firm and uh, the Hong Kong Shanghai Banking Company. And I wound up taking over that. And it turned out that the uh, portfolio that I took at the city also had a land use component, um, real estate development component, a subject about which I knew absolutely nothing, and, oh, and learned so it. So that's where it came from. And I learned it completely on the fly. Um, mm-hmm. Ten years after that, I got into a, a fight with the city attorney because on Chris's show on, on the Van Ocker group, on the Van Ocker group, I uh, made some comment about Ross Perot. He had this um, fantasy about being assassinated and I made some smart ass crack about um, about that and but I was in my own private capacity but mm-hmm. the, the Ross Perot supporters the United we stand people oh yeah Claire Geddes stormed into the city attorney's office and I, oh, re- I didn't
0: know Claire Geddes was uh, Ross
2: Perot oh she <laughs> she, sta- she, she started was
0: the, uh, she was the uh, watch uh, the uh, uh, the uh, P- Public service Commission watchdog yep. woman, right
2: she yeah. started she started as a as a Ross Perot acolyte And she stormed into the offices and screamed and hollered, and I refused to talk to her because it was on city time. And I wound up um, suing the city for my own uh, First Amendment rights, and eventually we settled and I went out on my own. And I've been doing uh, land use and uh, primarily land use and property rights and politics ever since. Uh, It seems like um, a...
0: and, you know, you, I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, it seems like these are, uh, in some ways, two diametrically opposed things in that you are uh, quite a liberal a rabble rouser, and then you go and argue in court on behalf of what
2: many of us would consider greedy developers. Well, um, greedy developers, except they built the house that you live in. Uh, a, a, a mayor that I know, a smart mayor in a city, once said, cities don't build cities, developers build cities. The The streets that are in front of you, in front of almost everybody listening to this, they were built by developers. The buildings were built by developers. I, I, I get frustrated when I show up at a meeting and someone says, well, where are the deer going to go?
1: Well, <laughs> the, the deer are going to go. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA.
2: Where they went before you built your house, and that is they're going to go on the vacant land Thank you. next to you because they used to go on your house. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, quit being a hypocrite, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was, it was weird when I sued Bluffdale to get uh, to get uh, Bluffdale, some property moved out of Bluffdale because they wouldn't allow it to be developed and moved into the Harriman. I had a city council member under oath, and she basically said the reason she didn't want higher-density housing was because she didn't want Hispanics and non-Mormons to move into her town. Oh, Jesus. And she said it under oath. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. she said it under oath. I mean, I led her. I led her down a path mm-hmm. where she couldn't not say it under oath. But yeah, she said it under oath. But you
0: you understand uh, the, that that uh, that concept of sure. uh, uh, Bruce Bruce Baird, liberal Democrat, and yet he's uh, it's a it's a perception that's. Uh, but I think you you sort of you do put it to rest when you talk about stuff like
2: well, that. Well, and also there's you know there there are private property rights. What, what, what always bugs me is I show up at these meetings and it's always the same thing. I, when I moved. to... Fill in the blank city. It was not like this. It was it was rural, and it was the quality of life. And yes, I know a developer built my house, but I, yeah. this project that they want to build now, it's it's just not right for our city. It'd be fine in that other horrible city down the road, but it's not right for our city. It's yes. just just gonna bring drugs, and it's gonna bring crime, and 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 oh, it's just not right, and I can't live here anymore. <laughs> I hear that all the time. I remember when this used to be all farmland. Before I got my house, right? Well,
0: by the way, feel free. You know, we're going to eat and talk, and you're good no, with that. I'm,
2: I've listened to the show, so
0: yeah, so many people are they don't they don't want to eat while they're talking on the microphone, and that's it's called the Let's Go Eat Show for a reason. Yeah, um, so, it's a good excuse to talk. No, it's just like talking. Here we're talking over lunch, so. Um, you, you, you've been doing land use and very successfully for, for quite some time no, now. About
2: 20-something 20, 20 years, almost 30 years now, 20 years. Uh,
0: you, I know that, and I, would, I don't want you to go into any of the details, but I know you've done well for yourself. Um, I've had a couple of big wins. You, you, could, you don't have to work anymore. Why do you do it? Uh, you, I mean, I'm, you I'm, could, you're in a position where you could just quit.
2: Uh, I got a, a little bit of cash flow at the moment because of some investments but but yeah I could quit and and i'm I'm trying to quit i mean i I'm trying to do what I call the mitt Romney school of quitting, which is self deporting my clients by by raising my rates to the point where mm-hmm. you know they just say, Oh my god that's too much but the the weird part was i I raised my rates and the clients i mean I've almost become what and it's called in economics a Veblen good. You know, the, the more you price it, Thorsten Veblen had a theory that some things are, when, it, when you price them so high, the scarcity value and the high price does man, drives people to pay them. Cartier watches or something like that. Yeah. So Patek Philippe. Uh-huh. Not that I have a Patek Philippe. I have a Timex Iron Man. So, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, anyway, now let's talk about politics. Okay. I think we've kind
0: of got, we got who Bruce is and... and um, Uh, And this guy, uh, uh, Bruce Baird, has some really good insights into politics, I think, and why things are the way they are. Um, Let's just jump right into the situation we find ourselves in today in America with a uh, a president who, you know... He's insane? Well, as I said this morning after his uh, comments... uh, uh, about the french uh first lady ms macron i i said let's just you know gina said he's a jerk and i said no he's not he's not a jerk he is and if you think about it gina this is what you would call a man who did that you would say
2: he's a pig uh, i just got back from seattle uh tacoma and watched the uh, roger waters us and them tour and Carry would oh, see that in L.A. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal thing in it, and he does Big Man Pig Man, haha, charade you are. And at the end of Big Man Pig Man, um, he has all of well, not all, but because you couldn't possibly put all of Trump's uh, stupid quotes up there, um, and he he runs uh, all the quotes up, and he, the the final uh, the final quote on the unbelievable stage set is simply Trump is a pig. Um, when I'm, he, when
0: I'm he, surprised Kerry didn't bring that up this morning when I was saying that.
2: When when he, oh I, I missed I missed that. Yeah,
0: I, well, I was. I think it was pre, it was pretty early we were. Oh yeah, that.
2: I li- I only listened. I had a hearing this morning. I listened yeah. uh, on my way to my to the hearing. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's a great show. And when he did it, uh, when Roger premiered that show in Mexico in October before Trump had got elected. Uh, it was in Spanish. Was, Trump is pendejo. <laughs> and uh, the 300,000 people in the Zocala went crazy. And, yeah, Trump's a pig. I have two questions about this. Uh, they are, how did we
0: get to, the, to this point? Your thoughts on that. And the other one is, wh- why don't people who still support
2: Trump see this the way we do? Well, the reason for that is, I believe, let me take the second one first. I've read read some recent studies and some really good books. I I try to read a couple books a week. And basically 90 to 95% of the people who vote don't pay any attention to anything. They don't vote. They vote on gut feel. They vote on frustration. They vote on emotion. And there's all kinds of scientific studies, you know, that show that you cannot change somebody's gut feel and their emotion by facts. In fact, the more you provide people with facts, bizarrely enough, on an emotionally held opinion, it convinces them that they're right, no matter how many facts you show at them that show that they're wrong. So why do the Trump voters stick with him? They stick with him because... Uh, in part because they hated um, Obama, in part because they hated Hillary, in, part, in most part I think it's because they hate change. And the second derivative on change, the rate of the rate of change, is proceeding at uh, an unbelievably positive number in, in calculus terms. I mean, it's, um, it's like that old movie by Phil Glass and Godfrey Reggio, Koyana Scotsi, things go faster and faster until they fall apart. I mean that's what that's what Koyana Scotsi means in uh, Navajo, if mm. I remember correctly. Mm. Things go faster and faster until they fall apart. And oh, I
0: know the film. I I had not, not see, I just saw
2: parts of it recently. It's I Phenomenal. Yeah. It's old and phenomenal, mm-hmm. but I think that's part of it. People are just afraid, and when you're in afraid, what do you want to do? You want to hunker back hunker down. down. Mm-hmm. And, and I always said, you know, make America great again. What? Go back to the fifties where. Women were uh, barefoot, pregnant, at, in the kitchen. Where blacks were subservient. Where the only uh, Hispanics that came in were called Mexican wetbacks, and they uh, and they picked fruit. I mean, that's that's what that's where they that's where they want to go back to. Yeah, where my grandfather called
0: uh, Brazil nuts. You know, yeah, yeah. N word toes. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, so we paint. We we have this picture of these people that you just presented, and and we we have the tendency to think of them as they they 're not smart that 's not necessarily true though is it there aren 't there smart people who
2: it shocks me uh, there are and, and you run the demographics obviously the the cephologists the and the uh, demog- the demographers haven 't finished the analysis of the analyses of, the, uh, analyses of last year 's election but there 's a surprising number of people with intelligence uh, mm-hmm. who are trump uh, aficionados. I have clients that are probably going to take offense if they listen to this because well, I've told them they know my opinion. But, sure. uh, you know, it, it's, it's astonishing how many smart people can get distracted by their sheer hatred of the other side. You know, when you talk
0: about the, that fear, uh, in some ways I'm afraid of
2: – I'm scared shitless.
0: Yeah, I, I mean <laughs> uh, about the, some of the same things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but I don't let that. I, I I I don't let that make me vote for somebody like Donald Trump.
2: Well, if you're not afraid for the future of the world, you're not paying attention. I mean, yeah. when you look at what the uh, internet and artificial intelligence and climate change and all those other things are doing, mm-hmm. and crazy and crazy people like with fingers on their on the nuclear trigger, like Kim Jong Un mm-hmm. and. Um, Bibi Netanyahu and uh, Turkish guy and Erdogan, um, Red Ship Erdogan. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got crazy people with their fingers. I mean, fortunately, they're not nuclear armed, but they're crazy. Um, And then you've got uh, a pathological uh, liar, sexist, racist, uh, bullying pig who won't listen to anything. Uh, running the United States of America, and you have a, a, a Republican Party, oh. which they give bad. They give the word kowtow a bad meaning. Those so. people,
0: those people, most of those people are not dumb. No, but they're they're disingenuous. They're liars, and they're willing to say anything to keep that Republican in a, in the White House. Yeah.
2: Well, at some point they're going to cross a tipping point. Willing to I, look the I, other way. At some point, the tipping point is going to happen. I hope you think. I hope. hope, Yeah, I hope it's before nuclear war uh, or a depression. Uh, I mean, Mike Pence is evil, but he's not insane. Uh, Donald Trump's insane. And I think eventually my better angels tell me that at some point we're going to have a tipping point where he just becomes uh, an irrelevance. And he's making himself an irrelevance. Um, fortunately, sure. with his stupidity and always distracting from whatever his stupid agenda of the day is. You know, I actually had to look it up. I I went a couple days without uh, out of the country, and I, I came back and I asked someone, I said, what's the outrage of the day, the outrage du jour? And I realized, you know, it's not an outrage du jour with Trump. It's an outrage of the hour. So I had to look up French for an hour. It's, uh, it's outrage de heure. De heure. De heure. De heure. So... It's uh, we have to ask ourselves what the outrage of the hour is. Yeah. Um, do you think he'll? He's, do you think he that you,
0: you say a tipping point? Does that mean, uh, in your eyes, that he's not going to make it through a, a four-year presidency?
2: Oh, you know what do you need, Bruce? Oh, the microphone now. Are the headset, headphones? Came on. No oh, it, so I can you can turn oh. it down. <laughs> oh. Oh.
3: oh, oh, the other way that. Oh. Yeah, don't go. don't okay. deafen yourself.
2: Whoa, I was deafening myself with the. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry, how's that volume? Is that
3: That's all right perfect. for you? Perfect. Right, cool. Um,
2: will he make it through the four will years? Will he resign?
3: <laughs> will he? Will he be
2: impeached? I don't think he'll be. Well, first of all, he won't be impeached until the earliest twenty nineteen, um, and that would be when the Democrats hopefully take the House back in twenty nineteen. But but again, impeachment requires. I mean, I know it's a political offense, but you still have high crimes and misdemeanors, and I think we're premature yeah. and unhelpful to talk about impeachment. Um, I think you have a 25th argu- a Fifth Amendment argument because I think Trump has proven himself incapable of exercising the duties. But the 25th depends- Amendment it,
0: uh, does provide for removing a president from office if he is incapacitated physically
2: yeah. or mentally. Uh, just, and, well, I think, my, I think it actually says incapable of performing the duties. Uh, and it doesn't specify which way, but but obviously the well, trouble let's, let's enact that right now. Then the trouble is that requires the vice president to pull the trigger, mm-hmm. uh, and it requires uh, two thirds of the cabinet to agree. Well, that ain't going to happen. So, um, you know, at, at some point the, the rats are going to start. I hope scurrying from the ship when you, when you realize that, for example, Trump care. Just crushes states that Trump won. I mean, I understand the book "What's the What's Wrong with Kansas?" about why Kansas says one the the people of Kansas say one thing and then vote the exact opposite. Uh-huh. But at, at some point, it's got to catch up with people, and, and 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 eventually, I think this is going to catch up with Trump. At least I hope it does.
0: Um, he's um uh, well, I he's 72 seventy
2: two years old, seventy one years old, and he's unhealthy as hell. No. I mean, you know, I'm.
3: It seems to me like the Republicans are going to do what they have done, and that they'll just stop letting
2: anything be accomplished. Yeah, and if they do that, then they're dead meat in twenty eighteen. The, the, the well, they real... weren't
3: in this election. I mean, they didn't nothing. They I know, they didn't but do that's anything.
2: because they were opposing rather than proposing. They were in the position of stopping, as Bill Maher said, President Blackenstein. <laughs> uh, you know, and 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 or Blackie McBlackman. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, that, that there was such a visceral d- well, hatred. Great. Excellent, thank you. There was such a visceral hatred and a visceral dislike. I mean, again, if you if you pull people and say the Affordable Care Act and list the benefits of it. 80 I mean 70 to 80% of the people support it. If you call it ObamaCare,
3: 70 to 80% of the people well, oppose it. Exactly right. I think in one of the what do you think Utahs you were on probably. We did that exact thing. We went out with a camera right. and we asked people which do you prefer? Affordable Care Act or ObamaCare. Right. And every single one except for Dr. Paul White right said um I've heard ObamaCare
2: isn't good, so
3: the yeah. Affordable Care
2: Act. Well, well, when when you think of it that way. I mean That's a a real problem. You cannot explain complex policy issues to people. Um, I remember back when Nancy Pelosi was rightfully faulted on the Obamacare bill for saying we have to pass it and then find out what's in it. Well, at least we'd had 18 months of hearings on it. My little brother, when he was in Congress, actually proposed a a bill that nobody could vote on anything unless they'd had at least 48 hours to read it. Let's just say it didn't go very far.
0: Why is it that people like uh, okay now Mike Lee, the senator from Utah, he can't be a totally stupid person he he's a he's an attorney he clerked at the Supreme Court that's that's not small potatoes he's uh he, he and yet he can sit in a, 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 a teleconference a town, tele, tele town meeting thing and talk about the Republicans' insurance bill, or I mean, uh, health care bill.
2: That he hasn't read.
0: Right. And, and, but talk about insurance and, and compare it to automobile insurance. Right. That is the stupidest analogy that you could possibly make Be- and, and does not support your case in the slightest. Because, for one thing, automobile insurance is required Grand by law. Everybody has to have it. You've got to have it or they'll throw your ass in jail. And they should do the same thing with health
2: insurance. Yeah, it's crazy. That's what Obamacare tried to do. So he's not dumb. No, but, but how does he say these things? Because you don't care about reality, because you care, you're trying to make a rhetorical, polemical point. I mean, just go back and read Aristotle's rhetoric. I mean, I read the rhetoric when I was about 14, and I reread it a few years ago. Read any read any book about rhetoric, um, and it, it tells you uh, all the prescriptions for getting people to not pay attention to reality. And that's all that happens now in the age of the Internet and cable television. Mm-hmm. I'm reading a really good book uh, right now called uh, Be Like the Fox, which is the life and times and history of Machiavelli and his writings and his times, and you read the first two or three chapters and you can't be sh- cl- sure whether Trump is is, uh, is Cesare de Borgia or whether Trump is Savonarola or whether Trump is uh, uh, Medici. I mean, I mean, the first three or four chapters, I'm, I'm, I'm about a third of the way through it, and everywhere you turn, all it reminds you of is that great old line from uh, Marx that history repeats itself. The first time is tragedy. The second time is farce. Well, what does it happen when you're in the 15th time? Because, <laughs> I mean, you read these books and you're going, oh, my God, everything Trump is doing. I mean, I keep, I keep marking my quotes in, the, in mm-hmm. the tablet version of this thing because everything Trump is doing is either Medici or Savonarola or Borgia. Yeah, it, it, we were. I was just in in New Orleans at the World
3: War II Museum, and they had you know how did the war get started? And we're going through looking at the stuff Hitler did about how he turned Germany against the Jews and, the, and all the other groups of people. And then when it talked about him running his campaign, Hitler's campaign slogan was "Make Germany Great Again," <laughs> like. What? I don't. Yeah, Holy I, shit. I, don't, I
2: don't know whether that's actually correct, but it, you may well be right. Why would but, the World War II Museum lie to me? No, no, <laughs> no, I didn't say it was. I just say I don't personally know. I believe you. You're not. You know, believe that you're right. The, the, the problem is, people don't understand the history of, of, of those kinds of things, and they and they make the same mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. They make the same mistakes again. Yeah. I mean, the, you, you 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 watch what they do and what they don't do. I mean, they've got a family. It's, it's, it's more like a mafia boss than, mm-hmm. than it is oh, the, fam- uh, the Trump family. The mean? Trump family. Yeah. And they're all crooked and stupid. I mean, I, I mean, how do you they, how do you they deal do seem with- pretty dumb? Oh, God. I mean, the, the great lines. I, I don't watch any TV except for John Oliver and uh, and The Daily Show, basically. And, mm-hmm. and, and you realize that. And, and Colbert's monologue because they're just—he's just vicious. He's and, savage these days. Oh, he's and,
0: and it's paying
2: off for him. Oh, absolutely. And and it's uh, hopefully it'll pay off. Mm. I mean, the the groundswell I think of, of finally getting people to realize just how bad a Trump vote was. I think I think it will eventually kick in, and eventually, thirty-eight percent doesn't win. Yeah, it's you know it's too bad
0: though uh, they. Hillary Clinton was not. She was horrid. She's not a well liked person and a well liked candidate. And people just, you know, they either stay, they would didn't vote for her or they stayed home. And it she, just was too bad. I mean, it was too bad. And I don't even think she's that horrible a person, really.
2: I she's a horrid candidate. Yeah. She's an unbelievably horrid candidate. Yeah. She she could. Uh, well, I, I was going to make a metaphor that I won't, but good. Uh, yeah, good. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Hillary is uh, mm. was was a terrible candidate. So, are there
0: any? Are, is there anybody out there in the Democratic Party? Uh, I like that Cory Booker guy. Booker's uh, good, um, but but again, you're going to have. The, I think he's he's a man of color. I think you're going to have a problem there.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree with you. You're going to have a problem there. Although Booker's a, Booker's a pretty good guy. Um, you've got a decent. I mean, we, we, the bench isn't all that strong. Yeah. But you've got Sherrod Brown, for example. I don't know and, who that is. He's the senator from Ohio mm. um, uh, who's a very good guy, a um, smart guy. Uh, his wife's a Pulitzer Prize-winning jo- journalist. Um, he's a good guy, and it's a cru- crucial s- swing state. Mm. You've got uh, Kamala Harris, uh, the, She's the good. senator, mm. although she'd be, she'd be four again, years. Again, though, a woman and a person of color. Yeah, true. But I mean, I I had actually I, I I lost a decent amount of money on the last year's election. I always bet on them, and unfortunately, I lost a lot uh, betting against Trump. But I also bet on the uh, vice president, and I thought the vice president should have been uh, one of the Castro brothers, uh, as opposed to uh, <laughs> yeah. To- Tim, uh, Tim, what's his name? Cain or God? M- yeah, Cain. T- Tim Cain. Who? What the hell's decision was that? That was playing oh. it safe. It mm. was it was uh, among the dumbest decisions that were made in the uh, Clinton campaign. Yeah, I was picking Tim Cain. Mm. Um, I guess his qualification was that he spoke Spanish and smiled, and and he and, and was he, a white male. And he was a white male, and she was yes, exactly. And he cri- and he cried a couple of times. So. Yeah, he cried on cue. Well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. well um, <laughs> So, uh, what's going to happen uh, locally? What what's going to happen in our politics here in Utah? Are, are people finally? Uh, we read more and more that the uh, that the uh, the LDS Church has uh, ju- just the numbers of members in in this state keeps going down. Uh, the church grows well, the worldwide, number, but yeah. yeah, grows worldwide, but more Utah is becoming a more secular state. I don't know if you saw that uh, article that was in the Globe, yeah. Boston Globe today. Yeah. Utah is the gayest, hippest place this guy has been to. And would you believe it? Salt Lake is the gayest, hippest city I've been to in a long time, he wrote. Well, it has um, been
2: for a long time, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. years ago I was dating a woman who had she'd been molested as a child and uh, just didn't feel comfortable at any of the clubs. And when I was 21 we went to the gay club for the first time. I was, a, it was the only place you could dance on a Sunday night and B, it was great fun and um, Salt Lake's always been very game yeah. friendly. Yeah, um, it has. I, I think the problem is it, it's just like minority stockholding. If you if you structure your 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 stockholding rights with ten percent of the with the Ford family with two percent of the voting shares, they control the company. Yeah, um, and and you're going to see you you still see a lot of that with the. I call it gerrymandering. It's actually everybody else pronounces it gerrymandering. I'm I'm sorry. I'm a snob. A hard G. It has to be a hard. Well, Do you it, say GIF instead of JIF? No, but it <laughs> comes from it comes from uh, Elbridge Gerry, who was the guy who did it. So oh. if, it's, if it's eponymous, you should use the eponym from the guy's word. Well, now, you're absolutely right. I have no idea. Everybody calls me a pompous ass for saying it. Well, that you're way. you're a pompous ass for a lot of reasons. Yes, but that's uh, you know, but <laughs> that's I, but, minor. <laughs> but you know, we have we have the gerrymandering problem, the gerrymandering problem. And we have the the so-called packing and cracking problem, which is uh, that the voters who vote Democratic are all concentrated in um, uh, certain areas, and we wind up wasting our votes. And those seats are, are so-called safe seats, and therefore you don't necessarily get people willing to – Fight hard uh, against the other side, or fight the middle ground. They'll fight for their partisans. And we have some good state legislators, but we have some that are a little weaker than others. We have
0: some, you know. I mean, we have some great. Well, great. I, we have some Republican legislators that I I like personally, uh, and and they're they're good people, and uh, and I you know I don't have like uh, Spencer Cox would make a great governor. He'd make a great anything that he wanted to do. Um, I, and I don't have a big problem with Gary Herbert except for when he went after Planned Parenthood
2: well and bear's ears and um,
0: bear's ears but but you know he's my line he's, about Herbert, he's, he's throwing out red
2: meat to his supporters that's all he's doing there my line about Herbert's the same line I used about Governor uh Levitt which is he's getting credit for steering a strong ship on calm seas I mean on mm-hmm. and, and, and in a, and favorable winds yeah. I mean a trained chimpanzee could run run the state of Utah. Frankly, it's because it's it's growing, not just because of it, anything anybody does. it's Growing despite itself, because we have more advantages here than lots of places do. I mean, there's nowhere else in the country or the world that I know of where you can be within a half hour on you know, the same day playing golf, skiing, going to the theater, going to professional basketball, going to an international airport, and doing all that in the same day. I mean, there's there's no else, and having good jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, I think the big issue is uh, statewide we still have problems. Um, I'm, I think I'm helping, to, full disclosure, I'm working with my friend uh, Jenny Wilson on um, her campaign against, uh, is she running against Stewart? She's running against Hatch. Uh, huh? She's running against Hatch. Well, she's, she's got an exploratory committee. I've got to be a little careful for mm-hmm. FEC reasons. Um, she has an exploratory committee that she's uh, trying to run against Senator Hatch. And, you know, as I said the other day at one of her uh, fundraisers, when Hatch ran, I, w- I was just starting law school in 76. And his slogan was uh, against Frank Moss at the time was, what do you call a senator who served three terms? You call him home. Uh, my opening line was, what do you call a senator who served seven terms? You call him senile, then you call him home. Yeah. Uh, you get the Lord to call him home. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> no, but, uh, I'm not going to go there. Um, that, that would be my, you know.
0: Don't go there. Also, si-
2: also since I'm, I don't believe in the Lord uh, well, of any flavor, I'm, I'm safe from that. Yeah, um,
0: uh, it's uh, it is astonishing that Senator Hatch is. There's still a chance he would run, and is he going to run again? Well, he's pretty much because. It seemed uh, there was some hearing the other day, and he had no idea what was going on.
2: Well, all he did was parrot back what his staffer said. Well, I mean, yeah, he
0: kept leaning back. He what? had that he yeah. had that
2: completely blank, disassociated look on his face, and mm-hmm. a staffer whispered in his ear that says, "Well, we will do that, and we'll give the Democrats a chance for input." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hatch parroted it back almost almost verbatim. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I guess you should give him credit for being able to parrot back what his staff tells him mm-hmm. verbatim, but. Donald Trump can't do that. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I would if if you'd give me, I, I'd bet three to one odds against Hatch running. Mm-hmm. I think Hatch is staying in the race long enough to keep everybody else out, so that Hatch essentially gets to anoint mm-hmm. his uh, successor as the as the Republican candidate.
0: And your bet would be
2: it would be who? My bet, uh, I'd I bet on the midster. Mitt Romney, yeah. No full disclosure. I represent or Josh. No, no. well Full disclosure. Sure. I represent Josh, and I actually like Josh. I mm-hmm. think Josh is a. I don't know his father uh, at all, uh, but I I quite like Josh. Mm-hmm. He's a smart guy, good client, uh, reasonable guy. Takes takes some very reasonable positions. But if you gave me a bet, uh, I'd bet that Hatch isn't running, and that Orrin, and that uh, Mitt is is running. Mitt will. I would bet that's the. That would be the likelihood.
0: And then Josh could run for governor. And then you could have a Mitt Romney, Josh Romney, uh, a power base there. Oh, this would be, Ann could, let's see, no. Uh, what
3: are you going to do about Trig?
2: Or Trap or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Tong. I, I Shemp. Uh, Shemp. What's he going to do? I don't know any of the... Uh, I don't know any of the... Uh, Romney family, other than Josh, and I say I quite like Josh. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, uh, so Jenny Wilson is a is a sharp, sharp cookie, I, yeah. and uh, and God knows I think her father is just a terrific guy. But I have no idea why she'd want to throw herself into that now.
2: Well, you know, if it's Hatch, and if Trump uh, continues uh, the way he's going, there is a there is a chance that 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 that's a winnable race mm-hmm. because. You know, when I ran for Congress, I had—I it was a long time ago. Who'd you run against? Uh, Howard Nielsen in what was then the third district, which is pretty much now Chaffetz's district. Yeah. I had what I called the heart attack theory of, of elections, which was my opponent was 64 years old. He had a statistically significant chance of dying of a heart attack, and so I was going to press him really hard. The trouble was, the trouble was somewhere around. August, I realized two things. A, he was a pretty nice guy. I mean, he was not. I remember meeting him. He's very nice. He was a very nice man. Uh, I mean, he was mm-hmm. to the right of me by a mile, but he wasn't a bad man. No. But more importantly, I realized in about August that if he died of a heart attack, I would still lose because it was the Reagan first Reagan election. And, I, and it turns out I actually wound up losing on basically straight ticket votes. So I realized that if he died and I lost, it's one thing. It's one level of ignominy to lose to a guy in a landslide. It's another to lose to, to a, a dead, dead guy. guy. Yeah. So, uh, from September and October, there was no more fervent uh, supporter of his lifespan than me. <laughs> uh, I kind of toned down my attacks. Even <laughs> uh, who else did you run against uh,
0: for your, what other race? Oh, I ran were you for in? state, senate a, state very, senate
2: a very very long time ago. But since then I've just worked on some campaigns for mayor and um, been a little bit inactive lately because there just hasn't been an awful lot of fun uh, to do. Where do you
0: place uh, the – how do you place the Jason Chaffetz story and what happened there? What
2: a – I I first worked with Jason in 1988 when he was a Democrat. Um, People forget that that was a – there. Well, that's right. He worked for um, Dukakis. Dukakis because he's related to Dukakis, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that Jason was a lightweight opportunist at the time. Not a bad guy, just a lightweight opportunist, and uh, I continue to think of him as a lightweight opportunist. Although I can tell you, my a lot of my well-connected Republican friends tell me he's actually a pretty smart guy. Mm. Um, I, I think he's a well-connected opportunist, but then again. Perhaps well-connected opportunist, uh, ambitious opportunist. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Well, speaks for. I think our good friend Dave Owen said to me. He's, a, he says I I've been around Jason a lot, and he's he's a smart guy.
2: Yeah, Owen says that, and other people me the same thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's a, it's just, but but again, it, uh, I think uh, you can be a smart opportunist, and uh, and, uh, and do you he and that is seems to be exactly what he is. He Absolutely. Did, uh, he and uh, the thing that was in the paper this morning about uh, now the special election is costing six hundred and fifty million or thousand dollars or something like that. When you put together the the bill for all the counties, uh, that's just shitty. That's just a shitty thing to do. He could have served out his well, last what year and a half. Well,
2: yeah, but let me. I you mean, know, at least I'll bet you that Jason has money in his campaign uh, accounts. Still, that, he can, bet, use, that he can just keep. No, you you can't, can't keep, you keep it anymore. It? You used to be able to. You no, used to be able to declare it as income and keep it. You can't do that now. Uh, but I will bet you, and I wish somebody would check on it, what the balance in his FEC account is right now. And if it's legal, Jason should donate that money instead of to Republican candidates elsewhere to suck up. Jason should donate that money to the state of Utah. Or the counties. Or the, count- well, yeah, the run to run the election. Yeah. I mean, if he's he's got, he won't, but but if he had a shred of moral decency, uh, he would take all that money and he'd donate it to offset the cost of his chickening out and going away and taking a higher paying job. Does
0: it ever, does it ever, I just, I can never get past this idea of, or or, or I just can never understand why, um, like people, again, we're talking about people that think differently than you do, but you like anyway. Um, uh, Gary Herbert for instance you know i've been around him uh and i did a let's go eat show with him once where we just went on a tour around the governor's mansion just right just me and the governor walking around and him telling me all this stuff it wasn't politically political at all and um he was great he yeah. was just so nice and such a uh a, a, a warm friendly um just a guy you know you, this is a good guy
2: yeah, I worked with him when he was a Utah County Commissioner, and and, and he, Gary was always uh, the governor was always a reasonable uh, guy. It, it is it is a weird phenomenon.
0: Yeah, and and yet uh, he he can do things that I think hurt people, that and he doesn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. Now, in particular, I'm uh, I'm talking about like when he tried to defund or take the money from Planned Parenthood or uh, horrible. You know, just a horrible thing to do. And sure. it, and it, and it hurt. It, uh, yeah, that hurts people. Mm-hmm. And but he
2: doesn't see it
0: that way. Why is that?
2: I, I don't know. Um, and, and and lawyers are especially. We see this all the time as lawyer. I mean, lawyers will be fighting each other tooth and nail in court, and go. I would have a drink afterwards. Yeah. Um, and, and and in some ways, it's just human nature. You you don't hate the person. You hate the the deed, as it were. Yeah. It's, and some and and. Yeah, you know, I, I I disagree completely with the governor on 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 a whole bunch of things. Refusing to take Medicare, for example, yeah. Uh, yeah. bears ears, which hurts cost people. us. Which uh, yeah, you know, you know the trouble with hurt people is is empathy is a really bad way to do policy. There's a really good book you might want to read. It's called Against Empathy. Um, it just came out two or three months ago, and one of the, one, it talks about if, if you look at. Any anecdotal study, any policy is going to hurt somebody in some way, so you can 't make all of your policies driven by empathy for one particular situation. You have to strive for what economists call Pareto optimality, which basically means you maximize the utility for everybody, um, but that involves some trade offs uh, because you know, if you didn't trade off anything, there's not enough money to go around. I mean, yeah. if, we can't all live in private jets, uh, and fly in private jets, and uh, drive drive fancy cars. But that's a, that's far different from the income disparity that we've got going on right now. I just or just read a really another good book. You should read. It's called uh, Dream Hoarders. I think you read entirely too much, Bruce. No, you should. This, this book called Dream Hoarders is great. It's a really short book by a Brookings study about how the upper twenty. Uh, The upper quintile, the upper 20%, the upper middle class, basically by things like exclusionary zoning and college preferences and internships, how we're the ones that are in large part sticking it to the lower 60% Mm -hmm. and how we become more class um, segregated in the United States in terms of mobility than... um, than even your than even England is mm-hmm. now obviously that doesn't relieve uh, the Thomas Piketty complaint against the one uh, percent or the one tenth of one percent or the one one hundredth of one percent. And we need to do something about that. And if, if well, we j-
0: the, you know what the French did about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. they, got, they, they got the tumbrils and they got the guillotine. <laughs> yes, I'm not going there. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to have Emmanuel Macron. Um, Seems uh, like a reasonable guy. I'd, I'd, wouldn't you swap the American presidency right now for Emmanuel Macron mm-hmm. or Justin Trudeau? I yeah. mean, in a heartbeat, yeah. I would rather have Macron or uh, Justin Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Than Trump or Pence, yeah. Um,
0: so, uh, what do we? What do you see, Bruce Baird? What do you see? Um, will, are we going to continue to be more and more polarized, uh, uh, or, or, and are the rich going to continue get to get richer and the poor poorer? poorer? Um,
2: and if that's the case, are we going to have a, a revolution? You know, I, again, I'm back to reading this Machiavelli book, and it's uh, talking about the same the same basic questions. And I, I think the way we're headed, um, with especially if the inheritance tax uh, repeal passes, uh, which is just a gift to the rich and it's stupid, yeah. uh, if the Trump care passes, which is just a tax cut for the rich, um, I, I think we're certainly heading towards an income and education and a training stratification. Um, and when you factor in the uh, problems with uh, AI and technologies, uh, yeah, there's there's likely to be a large and growing underclass.
0: What are what are the problems with artificial intelligence? What you, the, you've brought that up twice now.
2: Well, because it, lots of jobs are just going to get automated away. Um, because they're not necessary stand
0: with me i refuse to use those self-checkout places at the grocery store i refuse
2: i really do <laughs> yeah I, and i'm t- i'm morally torn by that but I, but but i do it just for convenience frankly it's just faster that's sure. the, the, we, we all bitch about it and we whine about it and yet we enable mm-hmm. our phones to do everything that gives all of our privacy away and and does everything for us mm-hmm. um so, but the progress is unfortunately inexorable in that regard. And I think it shouldn't it, shouldn't all of that, though, make life better for everyone, I, except for how do you get it down to the people who have no skills and no training? You give it to them. A universal basic income. You you give it it to you're going to wind up. I mean, look, I think there's a reasonable chance of a UBI. The problem that with- means
0: everybody in, in, in the country.
2: It's a birthright. You basically. just get a you, you get a salary, but the trouble with that is, it's uh, not it's not a, it's not a, a rel, it's not a very big salary, and, and the problem isn't so much. Uh, and this this great book, uh, as I said, Dream Hoarders, talks about uh, the the perception of, of of relative wealth as opposed to simply actual wealth. I mean, the poor in America right now are markedly better than the the poor in America were fifty years ago. I mean, you can't really dispute that. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be better. It doesn't mean, but it also means that their relative position has fallen dramatically because the upper classes, uh, the upper quintiles, have segregated themselves. So I've said all along, I don't want to be in a major city this summer in a in the poor part of town because I remember the long hot summer of nineteen sixty eight, yeah. and I remember the Rodney King riots. I was scheduled to be in L.A. the uh, week after that and couldn't and couldn't go because basically everything was shut down. Uh, I, I just live in fear that we're going to have some uh, purely innocent black guy shot by some white officer. Again? Or, uh, again. But, I mean, but even more blatant. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to have President Stupid say something uh, stupid about it. I mean, fortunately, the police are in most cities are doing a pretty good job of of responding to it. I mean, I don't understand why... That guy in Minnesota wasn't convicted, frankly, but I, I didn't see the evidence. But, the, yeah, the okay, I mean, Castile case. Yeah. yeah, but when you saw the settlement the couple days afterwards yeah. for three and a half or five million dollars, I, mean, you know, I, I think I think we we live in a very scary time right now. Um,
0: I I'm yeah I you know I'm surprised that we're not seeing you know the, uh, more Black Lives Matter being a, more of a, a more militant thing than it than it is. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's not militant, really. It's a, it's a. Uh,
2: I, I'm just surprised that it's not. I think everybody's just still trying to figure out what the hell is going on. How crazy is that crazy son of a bitch? Uh, I mean, you, you remember the old madman theory from uh, the book Sideshow about forty years ago about Nixon and yeah. Kissinger was negotiating with uh, the North Vietnamese and said, "You better uh, negotiate with me because that son of a bitch Nixon." He's just crazy enough to nuke Hanoi, and I think everybody still sitting here in shock, trying to figure out what the hell the crazy orange-haired orangutan, mm-hmm. the short-haired, the short, short-fingered orange-haired Bulgarian, Vulgarian, um, which he, every day he lives down to that reputation. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that the sheer uncertainty is keeping somewhat of, of a lid on, but unfortunately, I think that means when it blows, it could blow it could blow bigger i'm just, just scared to death i just really w-
0: i really wish that w- that that well-meaning and well-intentioned men and women on every side of the political spectrum c- couldn't just get together and and work this shit out because it it doesn't make any sense to me why this this should be allowed to go on why you know uh, how Orrin Hatch can stand there and defend the actions the of of, a, of this guy, who's uh, 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 of the president of the United States, who's who's clearly in the wrong on almost everything.
2: The the, the the problem is the form of the American form of government simply doesn't work in the year in the year two thousand in the two thousand. It doesn't. You've got unequal representation among the sta- the states. In the Senate, that's stupid. The fact that Wyoming gets two senators and California gets two senators, that's stupid. You've got uh, gerrymandering in, in packing and cracking. You've got Non-public financing, so that everybody sells their soul to get re-elected. You have fake media, and I don't mean the mainstream media. In this case, I mean Fox and the Hannity and Breitbart, Breitbart and Infowars, and all of those insane. Alex Jones, he's insane. Yeah. He is clearly he's either he's one of two things. Clearly, he's either a brilliant actor or he's insane, or both, or, or could be both. I it think could, it's both. could be both. I mean, and it may well be both. But his latest one about. Uh, you know, he's seen tanks of uh, half-human, half-gilled uh, fish creatures uh, in England. I saw them. It makes you sad. I can't. I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. I mean, it's amazing. It, it you just makes you want to cry. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't do dialects as well as you do, but I do. Lo- <laughs> I love doing the dialects, and yeah, the trouble is, I, I've said for a long, long time. And, and I hate to break up Godwin's Law, which Godwin's Law is, in any conversation on the internet, in no, no fewer than six references, somebody will bring up Hitler or the Nazis. Yeah. And I brought that up when I was cross-examining Scalia at a bar convention a few years ago. and you, you, you were talking to Justice Scalia? Oh, I got Justice Scalia to admit. We had Q&A at the bar convention in Snowmass four years ago. And I got Justice Scalia to admit that he would sustain whipping as a punishment against an 8th amendment challenge of cruel and unusual punishment on the grounds that at the same year that the 8th uh, amendment was enacted whipping was a constitution was a, a a punishment that was authorized under federal statute specifically the crimes act of 1788 or whatever mm-hmm. it was and i got him to admit that because the framers by definition must have supported thought, flogging. He supported whipping. Uh, but by the way, it was, you're limited only 29 stripes. Oh, only 29. only 29 stripes. yeah. so there was a limit okay. at the time. Uh, but I, it, it took me three or four minutes of Scalia trying to bob and weave. But in front of the uh, the bar convention, I got him to acknowledge that he would support whipping. Um, He's an originalist, of course. So he, you know, you, I suppose you have to give him somewhat credit for being consistent. Although then you have to remember the. A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds and petty divines. Absolutely, and um, and they fall for it all the time. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? I'm going to try and uh, you're going to try and retire. I'm uh, trying to write a little bit, uh, write some books, and trying to write a. I wrote a couple of novels in the '80s that I didn't novels and screenplays that I didn't get published. Really? But yeah, did, the, did you sh- you shopped them? I shopped them. I didn't get them published. One of them is actually. Pretty prescient about uh, national what the NSA is doing, and I sort of predicted uh, things like home networking and things like that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I may try to invent some more. I invented I've invented three or four U.S. patents and sold well, them. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. You told me that once, and I and I th- yeah. I
0: think you described to me what you have patents on, but then it probably didn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs>
2: what did, What did you patent? I uh, let's see. In any application, on any program, on any operating system, you can dynamically create hyperlinks and cause the hyperlink to be searched uh, against any predetermined intranet or internet database and brought back into the application without leaving the application. Which is actually—it's on your phone right now. We use
0: it every day, and you—you
2: you got a patent on it. Um, three of them. Yeah.
0: Good God. Yeah. You're a Bruce Baird, Renaissance man, rock on tour. Now all he needs to do is find a nice new young wife. <laughs> <laughs> Bill. Yes.
2: If you ever hear that I'm getting married without a prenuptial agreement. Don't do it. Tell the You, you not. can break my legs or tase me. Now, you've, you've been married twice? I'm not going. We're not going to You're this. Not? We're not going here. Okay. All right. But I just, I just yes, you, didn't learn, the,
0: you didn't learn anything
2: from the first time. No, we're not going here. Okay. I, I I admit to you brought it up. I admit to mistakes. <laughs> uh, mistakes were made. Uh, I no no I don't I don't that's that's a cop out. <laughs> I made when when I make a mistake I say I made a mistake. You, you go all in. Huh? I, I I don't cop out. I don't say mistakes <laughs> remain. I I made a mistake, mm-hmm. a couple of times. Uh, and well, the first one was first one resulted in my two kids. So you can't call that a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. You have two uh,
0: boys. I have two boys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know you're very, you travel a lot. with.
2: We travel uh, all over the world. Uh, Yeah. yeah. We took one of them to, uh, I took one of them to Roger Waters uh, last week and I'm Mm -hmm. taking the other one to Roger Waters in October. What do they do? They're they're young men now, right? Uh, my oldest son is, is working on trying to be an artist. Um, and my youngest is going to the video game program at the U. It is uh, Oh, that's starting his third year.
0: That's an excellent program, apparently. It's a
2: very good program. It's yeah. one of the top in the country. I think it's second ranked after uh, USC or something like and
0: that. And they have they like they have a team and they go yeah. to competitions and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah.
2: he's only in a sophomore, so yeah. he's he's just finishing his sophomore year. He's going to summer school, but yeah, it's a, it's a really good program.
0: So so you're gonna, you're going to Write, relax,
2: travel, travel. I'm, maybe uh, I don't know. I, I'm in one one of my book clubs, and basically everybody in the book club is right at the same age as I am, and we're all talking about what to do. One of one of us is going to be a one of us going to be a high school teacher for three or four years at least. And I think you know, my father was a teacher. I'd love to be a teacher at the U, but they'd never have me because I'd swear too much, and I'm I'm not. The social justice warriors would come after me really. Oh, quickly. I don't know. It's the U. They don't give a shit about that. Oh yeah, do they? they do. Oh, they do. They would have. Believe me, I, snowflakes would not do well in my class. <laughs> Snow snowflakes would not. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I. I you know, if
0: if you want a second opinion, you're stupid too. That's such bullshit. That, that's, now, see, so you made me start thinking about college campuses and oh, and the, and the way they uh, say, "Well, we can't have uh, trigger words and, yeah. and 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 we can't have this person come and speak because what is it? Oh, yeah used to be where you'd get to get on campus and you had people you didn't like come and speak yeah. and people you did like come and speak.
2: You know, I, when I was doing uh, the booking for student government, I actually booked Hunter Thompson, uh, William F. Buckley. Um, I can't remember who was the prime, minister, the prime minister of Israel I booked. I booked all of them. And the nice part, and, and Gloria Steinem. I mean, I booked people all across the yeah. spectrum. Yeah. We had a little bit of that. The, the, the guy on the finance board at the time refused to sign the check for Gloria Steinem because he didn't want his name to be associated with a feminist. Um, so I had to go over his head and get it signed by somebody else. But you, you'll laugh at this story. It's a short story. So I had little stickers made up, about a thousand of them, and I wrote his name in a very feminine script. So and so, yes. So and so for ASUU presents, and then I wrote Gloria Steinem in a very masculine strip, <laughs> script, and I had about oh, a couple thousand of those stickers made, and I just posted them all over campus, <laughs> and just it drove him batshit crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean we, the snowflake phenomenon at, at it's universities. Crazy. I mean it's, it, it's it's crazy. Look, I, do I think that Ann Coulter is the embodiment of evil? Absolutely. Does she deserve the right to speak? Sure. Absolutely. Should I yell her and shout her down while she's speaking? Absolutely not. Mm. I should listen, and then I should have a chance for, a re- or somebody intelligent should have a, respo- a chance at, for a response. At the end, you say, that was the stupidest load of shit I have ever heard. Exactly. exactly. And, I mean, what you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, is a crock, yeah. and here's why. Yeah. I mean, if I was having Ann Coulter or somebody like that, I'd make sure I was had a team of live streaming fact checkers uh, running Chiron's on the side, uh, and they're just pointing out—that's a lie. You know the interesting thing, the a really interesting and c-
0: smart phenomena, uh, though, is that uh, like guys like that, Milo y- Yiannopoulos. Yiannopoulos, yeah, who wants that? To, wants people to yell him down, to yeah, shout him exactly. Down. Who? Who? Uh, he he wants it's to, an act, yeah.
2: It's an act. It gets uh, him money.
0: Yeah, it's it's like wrestling. It's mm-hmm. become uh, politics has become like professional
2: wrestling. Well, look at the, look at that la- latest uh, gif of uh, Trump beating up the CNN guy. I mean, that came from world wrestling. Yeah. I mean, it, Vince it, it, McMahon. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 not a sport anymore. I mean, and and look, I, I remember this from years ago, and I'm I'm partly I fault myself for I wasn't the first or the only person, but when I was advising candidates years ago. Uh, I would tell him very simply, you're not a prisoner of the question. I don't care what the questioner asks you. Just give your set speech. Uh, and I ran an ad against Howard Nielsen. I did opposition research for several candidates. And I, I found, I looked through literally every time he'd voted in the two years that was in Congress. And I looked through every one of his campaign contributions. I did this myself because I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And I found one vote on an amendment where he voted in favor of i can not a position that was supported by... Craft Nabisco or something, and was sort of against. Uh, and it was an amendment. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe, might even have been an amendment to an amendment. I don't know, but it was it was sort of against uh smoking restrictions and i'd found that he'd gotten a I don't know, $500 campaign contribution or something from a RJR tobacco. Nabisco yeah. mm-hmm. what well, wasn't i mean it was from Nabisco but it was RJR Nabisco oh yeah it's Reynolds. So, exactly so i i had a tv shot. i shot it my brother-in-law at the time was in the shot and i scripted it and shot and directed it and i had uh a lobbyist sitting there with a cigarette and the smoke was curling up from the cigarette and he was uh, flipping through his uh, uh, computer generated uh, FEC filings and he said it, it says I, 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 see, I see here that uh, that congressman from Utah, Howard Nielsen voted against uh, uh, voted in favor of the tobacco companies and I flashed a little mm-hmm. graphic on the screen saying Howard Nielsen voted for such and such and then I flipped through the FEC reports and said I I guess that explains those uh, votes of his, and uh, you know, put up flashed up there. RJ and Abisco gave him five hundred bucks. I mean, you know, I, I regret doing that. Frankly, I mean, it was all true, which it isn't sure. true now. But uh, most of the stuff that's out there now isn't true. But 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 it was dirty, rotten. It was underhanded. Um, but it was it was tame compared to the crap that it, you see. You out say there. it was you say it was underhanded and dirty rotten because Howard Nielsen clearly was not in favor of smoking. Exactly. I, I mean, I caught him on a technicality yeah. and I used it against him. And but. Compared to what happens in politics now, that was
0: that was Mother Teresa. Kind well, maybe of stuff. Donald Trump is right when he says uh, uh, about the meeting with the that his uh, son Don Jr. took with the Russian attorney. He says, uh, "Frankly, politics is a, a dirty business, and uh, uh, there isn't a person. I, I think anybody would have taken that and, meeting, and that's ridiculous. Anybody would have taken that's that ridiculous.
2: Meeting. I've I've done I've done senior campaign work for a whole, no presidential campaign, but. Uh, gubernatorial campaigns, Senate campaigns, and if somebody ever had come in uh, with information that we clearly suspected was uh, stolen or something like that, everybody I know in politics would have uh, would have said, "A, we don't want to see it," and "B, would have thought about or tried to figure out a way to report it." And I, mm-hmm. look, I have I have good friends of mine who are among the top uh, Republican campaign operatives in the state. Of Utah, and not one of them would have touched it with a ten-foot pole. Yeah. They would have all done the right thing because they're all honorable people. Well, he's a young man;
0: he didn't understand. He's a young, he's a good guy, but he's a young man. He's, he's a, trying to please daddy. He's got a daddy complex. But, but who? But who? But who should have understood was Paul Manafort. Uh, and and Jared Kushner, and now it turns out, uh, oh was it, oh no, there. I oh, saying There's also there was another Russian. There was a guy Russian that, uh, double agent. Yeah.
2: But me, me, you know, you, you can't be willfully stupid. And and as I can't remember, was it Colbert or or Trevor Noah said? Now it turns out, Eric Eric Trump is the smart one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, was, yeah, How on earth can you read that email and not say it's collusion? And how can you? have not said it's collusion for the last 6 months and how can you still say it's not collusion yeah. we, uh, we we need to wrap this up but i, I just uh, when you say that uh, you
0: you hear these people though the pundits uh, the right wing pundits say listen the american people they don't even care about this they're not they're not following this at all they don't care about it this is just washington uh, belt and the beltway and and the media talking about it you think that's true
2: unfortunately i think for 70% of america that's probably is not 70 but probably for 40% so? of america that is true they don't they, give they, a shit they, whether they had a meeting with the russians they, or not they, look these are the people that watch daytime television. They watch reality television. They that is Don't what, you start attacking the Real ho- Housewives of Hollywood? The Real Housewives of Hollywood. I love that. Job. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is the vast majority of American voters shouldn't be voting yeah. uh, because they just don't pay attention. And and issues are, you want a competency test before you go vote. You know, I, I've always said that there should be a, a, a test, and, and here's the test. And, and I understand the history of, of voter qualifications tests, but my test is really simple. Number one, you should have to name any president of the United States other than the current president, mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, Tester A. Arthur. Okay, number two. Okay, but you can. Okay, okay. number two. Let's if I can do this, you should be able to name any. Local official, any elected local official other than the governor of your state. Uh, Hang on, number mm-hmm. th- number yeah. three, you should be able to find the United States on the globe. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and if you could get if you get to North America, mm-hmm. I'll give you credit okay. for it. Okay. And here's the voting test: yeah. if you pass one out of the three of those, you can vote.
3: Oh, I got this nailed.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. But that's because you're smart.
0: You know, when I used to hire Mm. people for entry-level positions when I first started in radio, and I quickly became a manager of sorts in radio, and then I would hire people for entry-level. And I'd ask them, you know, uh, just a few questions here and there, but I would always ask every single one of them this question. Who's the vice president of the United States at the end of the interview? Mm -hmm. And if they couldn't tell me, I don't care how well they did on
2: anything else, I wouldn't hire them. Well, it's like the Jay Leno jaywalking segment you know, that he used to have on the show where he'd go out in the street and just or, – or when uh, John Oliver puts up the map and says, this is Venezuela. But, of course, it's not Venezuela. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and it, of course, it isn't. And then he mm. puts up, well, this is Venezuela, and that turns out to be Peru too. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know it's that that's the problem I mean, look i don't expect you to know uh, who what the capital of peru is or who the leader of peru is but you should at least have some basic clue about uh, i think it's i think it's olante humala
0: i was going to say ulanbator i knew it was some, uh, i think it's olante
2: humala in peru but yeah. I, I may well be wrong i don't know um, and the only peru uh, M- mora used to be but
0: that Japanese guy used to be the, uh-huh. the, the president of Peru yeah. but I don't know who is now well
2: yeah and his his, his daughter actually uh, just lost in the election oh, last year right. yeah, yeah. But, but you don't know who it is either Fujimora I, well, I think oh it's, Fujimora oh, that's who I was yeah, thinking of yeah like. Fujimora yeah. Uh, I think it was actually I think the president is Humala but I'm not sure I'm, I remember calling into your show once because you guys had a, a deal you said you know it's, what's amazing about this show is that somebody out there within the range of my voice knows everything and, and you said look let me prove it. And you said, what's the capital of Nigeria? And I remember driving, and I, <laughs> I pulled off the side of the road, and I I got through, and I said, Legos. <laughs> and you went, see? <laughs> see? <laughs> somebody, yep. somebody in our show knows the answer to every question.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, Bruce? And we've we got to wrap this up. But I, what I want to do, I'm going to, if you'll agree to it, any time a question comes up, well, it doesn't work anymore that well it, because of the internet. Yeah, but, it doesn't work. But it would be it would be kind of interesting to say, I'll bet Bruce Baird knows, and yeah. we'll call you. <laughs> no, it,
2: my, my phone-a-friend, to use The Millionaire, my phone-a-friend was always Rod Decker. I mean, uh, if, if I needed to know something obscure and weird, yeah. it was always Rod.
0: Yeah. yeah it's I, a good choice. I can see
3: that. It's a good choice.
0: Uh, Bruce, uh, it's nice to... Sit here and share
2: stories. And uh, always happy to do it. We should uh, we should do the Van Oker group on the on the air sometime.
0: I see I see uh, Chris. I see him every once in a while. He just doesn't seem to be interested in working. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's retired. He's working on a book about his father. Uh, yeah, I had, I had drinks with him last week. Yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, say hi to Chris when you see him. Say hi to Dave. I will. Uh, and uh, Bruce Baird. Always a pleasure. Say hi to Jean uh, and Carrie. I will. Uh, always that's listen. listen. That's it for the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, thanks to uh, Dylan for producing the show. Welcome. Thanks, uh, Dylan. Uh, thanks to Zest, lovely food here on the corner of uh, Second. Is it Second? Second uh, West and Third, third South. south. Uh, right here, just right. You know, right. It's right around from that uh, pseudo uh, Chinese restaurant, hey Wei or whatever. P F Chang. P F It's right around the corner from that, and it's really good, solid food here at Zest. Uh, so, so that's it. Uh, I'm Bill Walred, the Let's Go Eat Show. Remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double.
3: Broadway Media Podcast Network.